we've been talking about uh, the voice of God and uh, the, the, the ability to recognize and hear God's voice. With this understanding, we have a, a fleshly voice that speaks to us and tells us things to do. We have an enemy that the Bible describes as the father of all lies. Liars talk to us. That liar tries to convince us of things and tell us what to do. And according to Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit who is here to speak to us. Listen to what it says in John chapter 14. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Jesus was letting them know he is about to leave this earth. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Sounds like God's going to be talking to us, doesn't it? He's going to, he's going to teach us things. He's going to remind us of things. This is a very personal God. They were looking at a personal Savior who was leaving, and he was telling him, telling them, listen, when I leave, the Father's going to send the Spirit who's going to be very personal with you and speak to you. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Father, I pray you just strengthen us in your word today and let us just begin to recognize and hear your voice uh, speaking to us throughout our life. Let us recognize the enemy's voice, rebuke it, and turn from it. Let us recognize the flesh's voice, Father, and turn and submit the flesh to you. In every way we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It is so good to see you on this uh, crisp January morning. Go outside today, you wake up, don't you? Uh, Renee and I will be back, as, as Kim said, back in the newcomers, on the, uh, the, the room back in the back, and would love for you to come by and meet us if you're, if you're new with us today. If you need something to pray with you about something, come see us. Uh, the scripture we've read is, is Jesus talking about how the Spirit's going to work with us. How the Spirit of God is going to come and how He's going to be available to us. And, and this isn't just something for pastors or something for evangelists. The Holy Spirit's available to every one of us. So we're looking at this, this, this thought of how do we recognize what is the Spirit's voice, what is the enemy's voice. And so we've been laying this foundation of what kind of things give us assurance that it's God's voice. And that's what we're doing over these next uh, several weeks here on Sunday morning. And then on, on Wednesday night, we're talking about the filters that we run the voices through to, to understand whose they are. And so we talked about one of those Wednesday night, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, uh, all of those will be online as well for those of you who can't make it on a Wednesday night, and, and you'll be, they'll be available for you to listen to as, you're, as you want to grow and understand the voice of God. So last week we, we talked about this, this thing that God loves us and that one of the filters that we look at is that we're supposed to love others. But there's a combustibility to our hearts. Some people, uh, that combustibility is a very low combustibility. They, 
they, they stay pretty even. Others, you know, we're kind of like gasoline that all the flame has to do is get close to the vapors and we're going to explode. So understanding that, that our hearts, uh, that we live in this world that is ruined because our hearts are ruined and that the laws that we pass don't change that, uh, but we want our hearts to be centered in the love of God. And so you've got to ask yourself, how combustible is your heart? How easy for, is it for you to despise somebody? How easy is it for you to look past somebody else's need and not care about it? How easy is it for you uh, to judge harshly uh, somebody and not respond in love for them and not see their need? How combustible is our heart towards evil instead of how full of our heart is our heart of the love of God? If you want to know more about that, you look into to last week online. And, and, uh, but today I want to talk about places where, we can, where God is certainly concerned. And He's certainly going to speak into your life. One of those places, He's going to speak into our life through admonitions. And an admonition can be something corrective, or it can be something instructive. But it's really important for us to listen in our life for admonitions, because all of us were raised in a culture of a home, or in a culture of a, com- of a country, or in a culture of a, of a generation that makes us very comfortable with actions in our life that, if left unchecked, can shipwreck our lives. We don't even know it. The Bible talks about us not even understanding that darkness. And so the, the Word, the, the Spirit is there to awaken us. And these are, these are issues, I want, I want to really be clear about this. These are issues where you can hear them preached about and not even feel conviction because you don't think you've got the problem. This can be issues you can read about and you don't even feel challenged to change because you have an excuse for why you act the way you do and you think it's okay. But our heart has to be open to the, to the voice of God speaking to us and challenging us even in these areas where we feel comfortable and at ease and where God may want to move us and change us and transform us. It may be an admonition that is important for our relational health and our life. This is where God speaks and gives course correction into our lives to keep us safe. Let me let me give you give you a couple. You may have been raised in a place, raised in a time, had circumstances happen in your life that gives you an opinion racially of other people. That is a, a judgment of a, and you feel, you, you can go for years and just feel, well, this is the way it is. It's the way I am. Uh, I feel very justified in it because look what happened to me or what took place in my life. But when you get in with, in with the, the voice of God, He's going to speak to you at some point in time, maybe in a message like this, and say, uh, that ain't going to cut it in my kingdom. 
That's not going to cut it in my kingdom. You've got to love people. It may be an issue of anger. That you're very comfortable with your anger. You're used to your anger. Everybody around you knows about your anger. And yet you just kind of move on with it and don't even pay attention to it. Now listen, folks, I'm going to tell you something. When you come into church, you take your phone, you turn it on to silent. Mine was just digging at me. I'll answer that later if you're sitting here in the room texting me right now. See, there's an admonition. Just kind of turn your phone off when you come into church. So you pay attention to these admonitions. You you get your voice off. So when we when we read the Bible, we don't read the Bible just to say, okay, I've read through the Bible this year. We don't read the Bible to gain knowledge, to argue with other people. We open the Bible with this sense, and I want to encourage you to read your Bible daily. Again, nobody can read your Bible for you. But this is the living Word of God that will come into your life, and admonitions can come out of the Word of God if you read the Word of God with this thought in mind. Lord, I'm reading this passage today. What would you say to me? When you set it down, and before you just jump up and run off, you go, okay, God, I just read through Proverbs chapter 12. What would you say to me? I just read James, a couple chapters in James. Lord, what are you saying to me? And you listen for this admonition, this encouragement, or this direction from God. And in the process of this, I begin to learn to recognize God's voice and recognize the voice of the flesh. We all have the voice of the flesh speaking to us. And Renee and I first got married, I'll tell you about one in my life that's uh, really stupid. Uh, Renee and I first got married, and I understood when we got married that uh, she was going to move in <laughs> to my house. I understood that. I understood that means she, that she was going to bring her stuff with her. And I understood, you know, theoretically anyway, that I had to make room for her stuff uh, to come into my house. I mean, that was pretty obvious, right? Uh, but then practically she moved in, and her stuff came with her. And not only did her stuff, because I made some room. I made room in the closet. I made room in the, the, the drawers and the chest drawers and those kind of things. I made room for her. Uh, but I, I, what I didn't understand is that she was going to uh, kind of rearrange my home that I'd lived in for seven years. And I was comfortable with where everything was at, and, and apparently she wasn't. And, and I would come home and discover things moved, changed, things in different places. And, 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 and my, your flesh, and this is how stupid our flesh is. See, here's one of the ways you can recognize your flesh. It's stupid. It's just dumb. And it gets you all stirred up about really dumb stuff. And so I come home this one day, and... Uh, uh, I go back to put my shoes in the closet because apparently that's where they belong now. And uh, take them back to the closet. And uh, and I look in the closet, and up on the shelf in the closet are all my sweaters. Which was amazing because when I left that day, they were all in the drawer over in the 
in, in the drawers. They weren't up on the shelves. And, and I'm looking at my sweaters. And, and here's how stupid the flesh is. This flesh goes, she's just changing everything. What gives her a right to change things? This is your house. And it's, the flesh is dumb. And, and the flesh starts stirring me up. You know, just, you got to draw a line in the sand here, son, or everything's going to be different. You need to go out to the kitchen right now. You need to let her know that from now on, you're a part of the decision-making process in this home. That if something's going to change, you get a voice in it. You need to go out there right now and have a talk with her and get this straightened out, or you're going to come home someday and all the locks are going to be changed. Everything's got to be, you need to go get everything straight. See, because here's the deal about the flesh. The flesh is arrogant. The flesh is prideful. The flesh is selfish. The flesh is dumb. And so I remember standing there and all this is going on in my head. These changes are happening. This is all going on in my head. And in the middle of all this stuff going on in my head, I heard a voice in my spirit. It's a very simple voice. And it just said to me this. What's the big deal? And I stood there looking at the sweaters and sensing how worked up I was over sweaters coming from the drawer to the closet. And realizing, this is really dumb. What is the big deal? I'm going to tell you, I have lived my marriage, raised my kids, in many ways conducted myself in the church when confronted with issues, with that voice in the back of my head saying, what's the big deal? Don't make a big deal out of something that isn't a big deal. That's kept me out of a lot of trouble. That's kept me out of a lot of arguments. That's kept things a lot healthier in a lot of ways. Because I recognize there's a voice in me that would make a big deal out of nothing. And there's a voice of of God who comes along as my helper to say to me, I'm going to keep you out of trouble today. It's not that big a deal. I have sat friends many, many times with couples, in, with, with moms and dads and their children, and they were in major conflict. And when you boil it down, you get down to what's the real issue, I found myself sitting there thinking, somebody needs to tell them this is not a big deal. This is really, they're fighting over silliness, and they've got themselves entrenched, throwing bombs at each other over something that somebody should have said, who cares, and walked on. But see, that's what the flesh's voice will do to you. The flesh's voice will make big deals out of no deals. And you've got to learn to listen to the flesh, to the voice of the flesh and accept the voice of God moving into our life. See, we are called to follow Jesus, to, to let Him lead us. And He leads us by His Spirit talking to us and telling us a direction to go 
that if we follow it, it'll be helpful for us, practical for us, good for us. We are not called to walk alongside him and tell him the direction we want to go. We are definitely not called to ask him to follow us. This is the way I live. This is the way I think. This is what I think we should do. Follow me. And that's what a lot of people do. They, they, great Christians who say they love God but have not learned to listen to his voice, still plugged into the way they've always lived their life, the way things always have gone in their life, and they're not listening to that admonition, still treating people the way they were raised in their home, that maybe was an ungodly home or raised in a culture, and they're saying to God, come follow me, I'm going to make a big mess of things, and you bless it. I'm going to really make everybody upset, and you bless it. I'm going to come into this thing and do it my way, and you bless it. And what we're basically saying is, Jesus, come follow me. Instead of saying, wow, look at what's been in my past. Look at what's been going on. Look at the culture I was raised in. Look at how my family raised me, how they saw the world. I am laying all of that down, and I'm following after Jesus. Not going to make any excuses. Not going to justify any of my actions. Not going to say it's my dad's fault or my mom's fault or my grandpa's fault or my culture's fault or what happened to me over here's fault. I'm going to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? How would you have me to live? So I have to become sensitive to these voices of admonition, especially as they come to me out of Scripture. As I read Scripture and I read about God, how does this apply to me? What are you saying to me? What are you speaking into my life in the way that I should live? Now, let's go on. The other place he speaks to us is in the actions of our life. God is interested to talk to us about what we do. So God speaks to us to make our lives better and more valuable. Let me give you a couple quick ones. He speaks to us about spiritual actions. Uh, you know, I, I remember being raised in the church and being around the church world and coming in and, and worship beginning to, to take place. I'm getting old enough where I began to understand a little bit about worship and and uh, the the voice of the voice of God in, through Scripture, through preaching, through teaching, uh, begin to hear. I'm supposed to worship God. Have you ever been there? I'm supposed to worship Him. I'm supposed to I, I'm supposed to participate corporately and individually in in expressions of worship. Now I was always okay to sing with the, with the church and kind of helped me get through the service as a kid. But to actually begin to worship God, to actually begin to express praise and worship to Him. And, 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 and then God, you know, I remember looking around and people would be raising their hands and worshiping God and I'd, the teenager going, okay. Uh, and and then, then the teaching and things began to come. No, you, there are acceptable ways to, accept, to, to express worship to God. And one of those acceptable ways is to lift your hands to one of those acceptable ways is to kneel before him. One of those acceptable ways is to stand before him. All these acceptable ways. I mean, okay, I need to, you know, maybe you've been there, you know, okay. Uh, so lift my hands to You ever been there? Well, this is good. And then, you know, okay, a little bit more. And now you're looking around. Anybody, because you feel like, you feel like you're, 
like a sore thumb and everybody's looking at it. Nobody's looking at it. They're, they're all worried about who's looking at them. That's just one of the rules you need to understand. You know, everybody knows my problem. They're all thinking about Everybody knows their problem. They, they don't know your problem. And, and, and there, there comes this point in time where God speaks to you and says, listen, do you love me? Have I done great things in your life? Do you have hope for heaven? Don't worry about what anybody says. Worship me. Lift your voice to me. Lift your hands to me. Go all in and worship me. He needs to speak to us about praying, setting time aside to pray. He needs to speak to us about reading the Word, setting time aside to read the Word. He needs to speak to us about our faithfulness to church and being faithful to God's house where we can. And we're going to listen to those calls to action or we're going to ignore them. If we ignore them, we, 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 we lose in our relationship with God. We lose the things that he, where He's calling us into this personal relationship with Him. And so instead of being holy His, where He can really speak to me, we lose them. Not because God wants us to lose, but because He has invited us into this relationship with Him, and we're refusing to go wholeheartedly with all of our heart. It's not about us lifting our hands. It's about us with our whole heart wanting to express in acceptable ways, ways that are, that are pleasing to God and how to worship it. And when my heart says, I, I don't care what anybody else thinks, what anybody else does, I'm going to do what the Bible says and express worship to God because I'm thankful for what He's done in my life. Your relationship with God changes at that moment. When you say, I'm going to open His Word, I'm going to study it every day, I'm just going to begin. I'm going to get in and just begin to, to start reading His Word and asking Him to speak to me. Your relationship with God changes. When you say, I'm going to start praying and asking God to bless my home and bless my life and guide me through life and direct me through life, your relationship with God changes at that very moment. And the tools He's given you to walk in His presence suddenly unfold before your life and you begin to know Him better. So God's interested in your actions. But I've got to hear what He has to say. And I've got to do something about it. Now, now, hold on here. We're going to talk about one. God's interested in your financial actions. Here's where many people shut down the voice of God. And because we shut down the voice of God and we think money's all about me, we miss His added blessing in our life. I would encourage you to open your Bible and get, get, do, a, do a word study on generosity. Do a word study on giving. Do a word study on tithe. Do a word study on these things and look and see what God says about them. Look at what His promises say about them. And let the voice of God guide you. Because some people, because they refuse to hear God's voice in those areas, they miss where God is wanting to use them and bless them. They keep their, their capacity for God's blessing small instead of opening up and allowing God to move in blessing. They miss vitality of life and being able to be involved in things where God would use them. Because as we read in Scripture, we are blessed to be a, a blessing. And as we... As we submit ourselves to that principle and that promise, and we let the blessing of God flow through us, it opens up the capacity for God to entrust us with more. He says, if I can't trust you with little, I'm not going to trust you with much. 
when we trust us with a little and we show it, He trusts us with more. The other thing that we do is we make money our leader instead of letting God be our leader. How might He speak to us? Well, He, he might speak in a very simple issue of uh, giving to this need. He might speak to you about, hey, go to the store, bring some non-perishable things in to give to somebody else. Just to give away to somebody in need. And as we hear that, we either obey that voice or we ignore it. He might speak to you in a very individual way about somebody you know and say, go help them. Go Go be a blessing to them. He might speak to you, if you listen, if you learn to inquire of him, and he might say, don't spend your money on that. Don't do that thing. See, here's the deal. God loves generosity. One of the reasons he loves generosity is because generosity springs from love itself. When I love somebody, I want to be generous with them. I want to meet their need. Love usually always, almost always, wants to do more. Wishes, almost always wishes it could do more. Generosity is a reaction of love. And when I love people and I see them homeless on the street or I see them, uh, you know, in, in the cold in the winter, I want to do something about it. Because we love people. God loves that generosity. So let me ask you, do you think God wants you broke? Think God really, I mean, think about it. Think God really wants to take all your money? Or do you think God wants to flow His blessing through you? Are you listening to God? One of the things I love about our churches is as a church, we have a generous spirit. And I love that. It's in our DNA, it's in the DNA of this, is this fellowship. I'm, I'm at times I'm with pastors where a need is, is presented and, and I see great hesitation in some pastors. Oh, I've got to go back and I've got to talk to the board and we've got to talk to this group and that group and decide whether we can do something or not. And I've never felt that restriction in our fellowship. If a need's there. A number of years ago we were down in Argentina and we were visiting some of our missionaries down there, some of the churches we've helped build down there some of the programs we've been a part of through our missions giving over the years. And they took us out to this drug rehab center. Uh, 20 to 40 men were living in it at the time, uh, guys that had major drug problems. Any of them had been in jail, and this is kind of the next step to them getting free. Some were just there because of some drug issues in their life. And, uh, and, and so they were helping these guys, teaching the Word. Uh, they are helping them work through some of their issues. They were helping them get work experience and, and tra- training them in some trade work. They were teaching them to be bakers and, and cooks, and they were teaching them to be uh, guys who could you know, do lawn care and things like that. And uh, it was really just a great program. It was very encouraging to see something that we were a part of. We got to pray with these guys and talk to them. And they were just so grateful for the, to have a place where they could go. I mean, Argentina has a lot of financial issues, a lot of interest issues that uh, make it very, very hard, and, and support from the outside makes things really possible for them to do things. And as we were getting ready to leave that day, we asked uh, the, the guy who was with us, uh, how's things going? It was in April. Uh, April is in, in Southern Hemisphere, part of the, uh, about, about 
fall, winter's about to hit. And uh, he says, well, he, he just said, it gets tougher out here in the wintertime. And, and Renee and I said, well, you know why? He said, well, we've got this one house. You know, all these guys living here, they've got one fireplace. It just gets cold. It just gets miserably cold. And I said, we said, well, you know, why? What, what you have? He goes, well, you know, you've got to run the gas from this road down here. Got to run a gas line down. Got to put heaters in. It's about four or five thousand dollars. Really? Four thousand dollars? Five thousand dollars? Yes. That's, that's what the last did. We well, why have you done? Well, we don't have any money. Well, do it. He said, what? He said, do it. He said, how do you know? I said, listen, I'm going to go home to our church. We're going to tell them about this. We're going to receive an offering. And I'm going to send you money. And we came home. We told this church about it. We sent them $5,000 in the next couple of weeks. I love that we can do that. And that speaks to, to our church that we can come back in and say, listen, this is the need we saw. And, and we have confidence. We, isn't that a great thing to be able to do? That's a, that, that speaks to, to we, we need to protect that in our spirits. You want to, let me tell you, you want to stand before God and you don't want him to hang uh, stingy around your neck. You want him to hang generous around your neck. As a church, we want him to hang, look at us and say, there's a generous church. There's a church that when they see a need, they're willing to do something about it. There's a blessing and giving that you cannot have until you hear God's voice after that action of being generous. God created us for service, so He speaks to us about service. He calls us to serve in little ways and in big ways. You understand that today there are missionaries all around the world. There are feeding programs all around the world. There are education programs all around the world. Churches have been built all around the world. Rehab centers, pregnancy crisis centers, hospitals all around the world. Because someplace, sometime, God spoke to somebody and said, go do this. And then as they went and tried to do it, he spoke to other people and said, pray for them. And he spoke to other people and said, give money to them so they can go do it. And today, all around the world, there are ministries happening because God's voice spoke. A hundred years ago in Hot Springs, Arkansas, about 300 people gathered together. Spirit-filled people gathering together and began to pray and say, what are we going to do? And they said, they came out of there with this statement, we want to be used to do the greatest evangelistic effort in the history of mankind. And today, billions of people a hundred years later are around the world call themselves Christians because out of that place sprung a missions movement that is in circled this world and is continuing to do work all around the world today. We're a part of that. We support that. We send missionaries out to do that because in the very DNA of the starting of this movement was a desire to evangelistically touch the world and it came because God spoke to somebody. Sunday school classes get taught because God speaks to somebody. Choir sing because God speaks to somebody. C2 groups happen because God calls somebody and speaks to them. Ministries happen all throughout the church. The sick are fed and things take place because somebody hears the voice of God that says, get involved, serve, make somebody else's life better. 
Don't miss the opportunity to be the hand of God by closing your ear to service to others. But understand, this is one of the ways He's going to talk to you. And many times He talks to you just by showing you a need. And whispering, do something about it. Listen, God also wants to speak to us in action about about having healthy relationships. Take a moment and think about this. How are your relationships today? The most important ones that you have in life, how healthy are they? This is perhaps the most daily and practical way where God speaks in our life. God's design is to heal our brokenness. All of us are broken, so all of us bring into every relationship we have, even the ones that are the most precious to us, an element of brokenness. Now remember, we don't have to be totally crushed, but we're broken. And we bring that into those relationships, and even when we love dearly and want them to be healthy, our personalities, our natures, our actions, come flowing out of a heart that has been broken by sin. And so I need the healthy voice of God talking to you. I can't tell you how many times in my life where I have sensed in my life God redirecting me in relationships with my children. It's normal. It's normal in your relationships with your children or even with your spouse for them to get out of skew at times, to feel stress at times. What? Because we're both broken. We're not perfect people. Don't see yourself as perfect in the relationship. See yourself as a possible broken piece in the relationship and in need of hearing God's voice in the relationship. And if you're praying and if you're listening, God will whisper to you, very simple whispers. Things you haven't thought of. Hey, this week, take your kid to lunch, just you and them. Go spend some time with them. Hey, this week, this week, you know, go tell your wife you love her every day. Hey, this week, you're at the store. Pick up those flowers and take them home. Just little ways. Practical ways. You've walked by the flowers a hundred times. But this day you hear a voice. This day you get a nudge. This day something happens. Call your friend you haven't seen in three months. Give him a call. That's all I've done with months. A little nudge. A little push. Am I going to listen to that voice? Or am I going to ignore it? See, here's one of the filters I run. Would the enemy be telling me to take my kid to lunch? Does that sound like something he would be asking me to do? Would the enemy be telling me to call my friend I haven't seen in a couple months? Does that sound like something he would be telling me to do? That's something my flesh is telling me to do? Probably not. That's probably God moving. Is the enemy telling me to take flowers home to my wife tonight? Is that the voice of the enemy? Is that the voice of my flesh? Whose voice might that be? Listen, you've got a helper walking alongside of you. 
He wants your relationships to be good and healthy and strong. And every now and then, he'll tell you, he'll whisper to you, drop what you're doing, go pay attention to your kids. Drop what you're doing and go, go with, they want, they want you to go to that, go with them. But I don't want to go. Who's telling you you don't want to go? Your flesh is telling you you don't want to go. The Spirit's telling you, go. It's practical. It's daily. We want to, we want to super spiritualize the voice of God and to be in this voice that says, you know, go to China or go to Africa or go, many times it's the voice of God saying, go to the ball game. Go to the classroom. Uh, take them up and take them to lunch. Many times the voice of God is just right there, practical in our life. Say, do this today. Will I pay attention to it? So God's design is to heal that brokenness, to help us be better. But I've got to lay aside my selfishness, my stubbornness, my harsh, unbending rules. I've got to let the, I've got to let the Spirit of God lead me. I'm going to, I'm going to share this before we go. If you're full of bitterness, I'm not, this is maybe for one or two people, maybe here it is. If you're full of bitterness to, uh, to, to authority in your life, you know what you're going to do to your family? You're going to fill them with bitterness to authority in their life. Say, so, well, your authority's that. Do you know who else is an authority in their life? You are. And when you fill them with bitterness to authority, eventually that bitterness turns on you. So I gotta watch. What what am I what am I here? What am I doing here? What what am I planting here? What am I producing here? And, and this is where the corrective voice of God comes into our life and helps us learn and grow. Many times he puts us around people to speak to us and challenge us, and we either get defensive and mad and angry, or we open our heart up to it and say, God, what are you telling me? What are you speaking to me? So my heart has to be open. God speaks to us to make our relationships healthy. Now here we're going to close. God speaks to us to give us assurance. Is there anybody in this room... Because uh, we'd like to have you come up and share a testimony if you're in the that has never had a problem in your life. We're looking for some testimonies. Somebody who's never been faced with some crisis in life. Uh, this is this is the course of this world. You lose a job. You, you, you get a bad health report. A child's making some really bad decisions. A spouse betrays us. A loved one unexpectedly dies. Things happen. Things aren't going well. And in that moment, friend, you've got to face that moment either with the confidence of God or with the insecurity and the fear of this world. Now, I always like to, I always want to say this. I want to be clear. There is some depression that is physical. We, we pray for that. We ask God to move in your life and heal your body. There's some depression and oppression that is spiritual. 
that it's through the circumstances of life that the enemy is just trying to beat you up and using the circumstances of life to get you down. In that moment, you need the assurance of God. You need His voice to tell you, this is going to be okay. I'm going to get you through this. I'm going to walk you through this. My promise for your child is true. My promise for your life is true. And in that moment, friend, when you face that, and that voice comes into your life, there's an assurance in you that is breathed from Him. Thomas Akempis said this, When Jesus is near, all is well and nothing seems difficult. When He is absent, all seems hard. When Jesus does not speak within, all other comfort is empty. But when He says a word, it brings great consolation. We need to, we need to hear the voice of God. Because there's times in our life, I can come to you and I can look at you and I can say, Listen, uh, you've raised your child in church. I know they're making bad decisions. You've prayed for them. You've sought God for them. You've lived a holy life for them. Hold on to the promise of God. And you can walk out there and say, yeah, pastor's always saying something like that. But when God whispers that in your ear, when in your spirit God says in a moment just like that, and God takes that word and penetrates it down into your heart, or when you're praying and you're crying out for that child, and God says to you, it's okay, I've got this. You get up from that prayer time a changed person. When you're standing at the the graveside of a loved one and your heart is crushed, you don't know how you're going to get by. And God says, I'm with you. I'm going to sustain you. I'm right here. But in that moment, all of a sudden, hope is living in your spirit. But at that moment, I don't need to make a new trail. I need a well-worn trail into the presence of God. This is not a time for cutting new roads. This is a time for a well-worn path into the presence of God where I can come and fall before Him and say, God, I just lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. And God can be, hey, I'm with you. i got something better for you. God doesn't feel like it right now. doesn't have to feel like it right now. I have not forgotten you. And you get up from there, and everybody else is worried for you. Everybody else is scared. Everybody else is saying, oh, what's going to happen? Are you going to be okay? And you're going, I'm just fine. They go, is that just an act you're putting on? You go, no, down in my heart, I know God has spoken to me. If you're in that place where things are crashing around in your life, you need to get in a place where you can hear the voice of God. You need to get alone with Him and stay with Him and say, God, I'm staying right here until you talk to me. I am not getting off of my knees today. I'm not leaving my bedroom today until you speak to me. I'm going to stay right here, cry out to you, ask you to move in my life. Because I want to tell you, Jesus says, it's good that I'm going. Because when I go, a helper's going to come. He's going to teach you things you need to know. He's going to remind you of things you need to hear. Because He's going to speak into your life at the key moments of life. So don't go through life missing him. Go through life listening for him. Amen? Let's stand together today. Let's give the Lord a clap offering today. Lord, right here in this room, there may be some 
who are facing issues in life, and they need your assurance. Father, we can say things to them as you would lead us. Others can say things to them out of your scripture. But, Father, at the end of the day, your spirit has to penetrate down in their spirit and breathe hope into their life, or all of our comfort is empty. And so today, Father, I know you want them to have that comfort. We want them to have that comfort. Father, there's some actions you want us to take. You want to set course correction in relationships. and You want to guide us in relationships even when the course is right. You call us to serve. You call us to give. You call us to spiritual action. Let's hear your voice today. Let's decide whether we're going to be. Let's ask, who could be saying this to me? And Father, for some of us today, there are admonitions you want to give us. Things you want us to just stop. And other things that you want us to begin to do. And I pray that, Father, instead of ignoring that voice, that, Father, you'd speak to us today. Let us hear your voice and be guided by you. Let the helper come. Oh, Holy Spirit, do your work in us today, tomorrow, and the weeks ahead. So every head's about every eye closed. When that helper begins to move in your life, the first thing he does is he moves in your life to draw you to Jesus, to draw you into a right relationship with Jesus. And that right relationship with Jesus is very simple. You put your faith in him to be your Savior for all eternity. And you put your faith in him to be your Lord upon this earth. That's his first voice to you. That's his first step of helping you. It's speaking to you about your eternity. And your response to that is supposed to be very simple. I surrender my life to you as my Lord and my Savior. I put my faith in you to be my Savior. Have you done that? Do you need to do that today? If you do, it's real simple. He's done all the work. All we've got to do is accept him. You'll say, Pastor, today, I want to cross that line of faith. I want to put my faith in Him. If that's you, just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me right now in Jesus' name. Looking across this room, God bless you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Others today, you'll raise your hand and say, pray for me. God bless you. Oh, He loves you. Anyone else today? Let's all pray this prayer together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive Jesus as my Lord. And I receive Jesus as my Savior. And I ask you to help me to live for him who died for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go and enjoy the Lord. Grace and peace.